This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you guys are having a good week. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Judy Cho and I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. I also am the author of Carnivore Cure. I have a private practice where I see my clients and support them to get to root cause healing. And oftentimes it is based on gut health and using a meat based elimination diet. I also share on social media platforms to help you get to your own root cause healing. Okay, so this week I'm just gonna talk a little bit about macros. So I know that when we kind of first start carnivore, we think, okay, let's just eat all the different kinds of meat, and that's good. But if your energy is starting to wane or you just don't feel as good or you're not sleeping through the night, then I am going to talk a little bit as to why and what you can do. So let me share a few graphics. Okay, so if you have ever struggled, With metabolic disease,、um, you know that basically we eat a lot of glucose and then our blood sugar goes up like it does right here. And I really hope that this is showing up. So basically, your blood sugar goes up when you have some sugar or excess carbs, and then insulin brings it down. If you think about a roller coaster going up and down, that is what our blood sugar is doing over time. And it's this roller coaster when really our blood sugar should be kind of you know, consistent and not having these big highs and lows. And so over time, As we are overly using our blood sugar and then insulin, then it just kind of stops working as well or it doesn't work effectively. So, you know, I've said this so many times already. It's also in my book of, you know, how I even calculated this. But basically, there's about four grams of sugar in our blood at any given time. So, you know, if we have one meal where we have 100 grams, maybe our body can kind of take care of that extra load of sugar in our blood. But if we do that for every meal, so then we have about like 300 grams. And the thing is, most people even have more. Carbohydrates in that in a day. And so then our blood sugar is doing that roller coaster. And then over time, we need our adrenals to kind of help. And it's really just an emergency.
obesity state, the adrenals are supposed to only really come in when we are in a like car accident, when we have a really high stress situation where these emergency state of the cortisol will be released from the adrenals. But when we are using or consuming way too much sugar, that happens all the time. And so then our adrenals start supporting our blood sugar. And that happens at night too. So if you think about it, when we are sleeping, and we are not eating for a while, our blood sugar might start dropping. And so what ends up happening is the pituitary or hypothalamus is basically tells the adrenals or the endocrine system, right, it tells the adrenals to start pumping out cortisol so that your blood sugar doesn't drop too low and that you die. And so this is where our bodies prioritize making cortisol out of everything else. So there goes the thyroid, there goes the sex hormones, but we are focused on the adrenals. And so if you think about it, when we remove the sugar, that will help the burden on the cortisol levels. Now we have to also manage sleep and we have to also sometimes manage the amount of proteins we're eating. So for some people eating two pounds of meat or three pounds of meat is not a big deal. They can sleep through the night. Their energy is consistent throughout the day. But for some people, for me, for example, I was plant-based for 12 years. And so I think I was pre-diabetic without knowing it. I lived off of hundreds of grams of carbs a day and granted I didn't eat meat. And so maybe that's why I seemed healthy, but I didn't have the mental health, right? So I was like, very depressed. But when I started eating two pounds and I had it in one meal, I would have this like drop in energy. And I was so sleepy. I could barely keep my eyes open. As I started checking my blood sugars, it didn't make sense. So before carnivore, I was doing keto for one year and my blood sugars were in the 60s, 70s. And my ketones were sometimes in the 7.0 ranges. And I felt great. I wasn't eating a lot of protein though. So when I started doing carnivore and I was eating 32 ounces of meat, I started feeling very, very lethargic. I started checking my blood glucose and I realized that, oh man, my blood sugars in the 130s, 140s sometimes after eating a meal. And if you see this graphic, basically what's happening is that yes, carbohydrates peak your blood sugar after half an hour to one hour, that's where most of our sugars then get converted from glucose to glycogen, and then it gets stored in the body. That's when we feel that dip. And we're like, Oh, no, I need like, you know, an energy shot of coffee or some more sugar and you know, that whole roller coaster. Well, protein does that too. So basically, after you eat protein, and I don't know, I question if it's 50% conversion to glucose, to be honest. But what I do know is that from two to four hours later, if you check your blood glucose, and it's going up more than probably like 20 to at most 30 points, um, milligrams per deciliter, you're probably eating too much protein. And so if you are starting to wake up in the night or your sleep hasn't improved on carnivore and that you are waking up in the night, like you used to before carnivore, then I would consider changing the macros of your way of eating. What I recommend generally is that most people should eat about 0.8 grams or one gram of protein per one pound of ideal body weight. So I may be 170 pounds, but if my ideal weight is 130, then I should be eating 0.8 grams of 130 or one gram to 130 pounds. So that's 130 grams, or it's about 100 and I think five grams of protein. So given that, then I can know like how much meat I should eat minimally so that I'm not going to lose any muscle mass, right? Because we need muscle mass to be healthy for longevity. Older people that fall and break their hip, it's because they don't have their muscle mass. So you definitely do not want to be under eating protein. But if I eat about 100 to 130 grams of protein, I'm pretty good with that. And so then I try to eat about 70 to 80% of total calories in the day as fat. Okay, so let me show you how that looks on my fitness pal. 
Okay, so I pulled this from my fitness pal. So ribeye, 600 grams. I'm just making it really simple. I never eat just one meal a day like this, but I would break this into two meals, 600 grams, which is basically 126 grams of protein. I think it's about 20 ounces of ribeye. So then I would eat about 10 ounces of ribeye at lunch and then 10 ounces at night. And then I would add about three tablespoons to make it about 75% fat. And so if you look here, it's about 171 grams of fat and 126 six grams of protein. And so this is what gets me to about 75%. Some of my clients do really good on 80%. So I think that's about adding another four tablespoons of butter. And so then that would make your fat at about 200 and 30-ish grams of fat. So you want to kind of figure out what works for you. So I always tell my clients, you just got to figure out, do you do better with two meals a day? Do you do better with three? I'm not a fan of doing OMAD just because, especially if your gut is not functioning perfectly, and I feel like most people's are not, then you only have one chance to get all the nutrients for your body. And if you miss it, then that's it. So the risk of nutrient depletion is higher from one meal a day. And also it's just a lot on the digestive process, right? So your body's not eating anything for a while. And then all of a sudden you shovel down all this food and it's like, your body is like wigging out. So for me, I think eating two meals a day and yes, I'm not hungry by the second meal, but I still eat it because I know I need to eat enough in a day so that my metabolic rate doesn't go down. But for somebody that's about 130 pounds, this is how much they should be eating to hit that macro of about 75, 80% fat with the adequate amount of protein. Now, if you eat a little bit less than a day, so if you eat maybe like I was saying, a hundred grams of protein for a ribeye, that's fine. But in general, you don't want to go too under because it will affect your lean body mass, and you will also feel really crappy. I've had several clients that have eaten really, really low protein and super high, like 90% fat. They could do it for like a week, but then they start just feeling really, really horrible. And you're literally like drinking fat for soup in a meal. But I have seen that this has been the most beneficial in terms of people sleeping through the night. You also want to make sure and track. So are you over exercising, right? So are you eating too close to your dinner time? I mean, are you eating too close to bedtime? Are you having a high fat lunch, but then a kind of lean ish dinner? So is your dinner actually coming out to like 60% fat instead of 80 or 75? All of these nuances affect each person differently. All my clients, I make them use a food and mood journal and then track on their own. So do you do better with two? Do you do better with three? Do you do better with 80% fat versus 70? The issue is that some people, when they start eating high fat, they have the run. So that's where, you know, in my previous video, I talked about, you need to use supplements or use some ox bile or get some lipase. Um, if you don't have a gallbladder, you're probably going to need it more to just get used to eating this way. We need to eat high fat. We need it for our hormones. So, you know, we were talking about adrenals and cortisol being produced to then manage our blood sugar levels. Well, Cortisol is made from cholesterol. So you need fat to use the cholesterol to then produce more cortisol. Otherwise your body's going to start using the fat on your skin and everywhere and just like start pulling out stuff in your body, like nutrients that you need to survive another day because your body requires cortisol when it's you know, needing it for survival. So try these macros. I am a big fan of 75 to 80% fat. I know some people that thrive on a 65% fat I honestly haven't seen it in my clients. Some of the, my men clients do eat leaner, so they don't add a ton of fat. I do notice that. So they're probably eating 65, 70% and they seem to do well. But in general for women, especially since a lot of the women that I work with have low thyroid issues, they may have had um, some metabolic disease such as low blood pressure or high blood pressure, or they had a uh, 
you know, diabetic tendencies, then those people especially should focus on eating high fat and watching the protein because you don't want your blood sugar to jump up, right? Because that's the spike of insulin and cortisol. And that's just not a good sign. And the measure again is ideally, you don't want your blood sugar to go up 20 points from like two hours of your meal, you know, try these things out. I get questions all the time, like how much food should I eat? How much, um, how many macros and fat? Well, I hope this video shares, you know, I would just if you don't want to track calories, I'm not a big fan of it either, but just go into my fitness pal and, or chronometer or whatever, or carb manager, I think is the other one, but just input all these different types of meals and then see where the protein grams are. And then the total fat percentage, and that'll help you to kind of guide it in carnivore cure in the back. There are sample meal plans of what looks like 70%. I use the same proteins and then I make it 80%. So you can see it's typically about like four to six extra tablespoons of butter. I mean, it's a pretty significant amount and I don't mean butter. I mean, any kind of fat, um, they all have pretty much the same amount of grams per tablespoon. So yes, I, I think uh, this has really been a key differentiator in success for a lot of my clients um, as to sleeping through the night, getting their period back, having less menopause symptoms, and just feeling better on a carnivore diet. So if you are not eating this much, I just caution you because when you don't eat enough, you are causing your adrenals to release cortisol to produce enough sugars in your blood so that you have energy so that your body can go look for food. If you consistently under eat, you are going to produce more cortisol and more cortisol is going to cause the blood sugar imbalance. And you're going to then have your affected hormones, loss of hair, loss of period, and just general unwellness. Excess exercising can do that. And then if you are already adrenally like exhausted because you have lifestyle stressors and other stuff, then you may not want to be doing extended fasting just because on top of all of this, you don't want to add one extra thing. Fasting isn't a huge cortisol response, but it is. It still uses cortisol while you are not eating. So all of these things are things to consider, but the goal is we need to lower our cortisol. And the best way to do that is eating a moderate protein, high fat carnivore diet, because that is the way that you can then maximize your energy through fat, but then not eat excess where you're going to gain weight and then also eat enough protein that you are sparing your uh, lean body mass. So this is kind of how I typically eat in a day. I don't eat just ribeyes. Um, I eat, I try to eat fish very often because I was fatty acid deficient. I tested myself for it. And so I have been incorporating a lot more fish. I eat a lot more fat. There are some days I tolerate 90% fat and I don't have the runs and I don't take any digestive enzymes, no hydrochloric acid, none of that. And so I know my gut has been much stronger than when I first started carnivore, just a little bit of bone broth would give me loose stools. So figure out where you are and then, then try to kind of, you know, manipulate the macros to help you. And the biggest indicators are how you sleep and your overall mood or energy. Okay, guys, if you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe. Please share this video with people that may need it. And just, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. All right, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.